0: Good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing? It's good to see you all. I'm glad you're all here today, and I'm glad to be here with you today. I just want to give a little uh, whatever it is, something. (laughs) What is it? No, just a whatever alert. You'll figure it out after I say this. my, my, My head's still in kind of a fog. We've been my family's been sick this week, and so I'm going to do some reading because my memory is not clear yet, and I may forget something, and, but I'll figure it out. No, I think the Holy Spirit's going to kick in, and we're going to do just fine, but uh, just work with me a little bit. Uh, I know the Lord gave me a, a great message for you, and what I do know is there's something about, it to, about today that God wants to speak to you about your spiritual walk with Him, and your journey and probably remove some roadblocks that you've been struggling with for weeks months or maybe even years so that's good news it's gonna all happen today because God is a good good father and he does want to father us he truly wants to reach down and just be a father to pull us up beside him to father us and I know it's hard for many of us to accept it was hard for me to accept for a long time because of some father wounds but once I received a love from our Heavenly Father, I was then able to heal from the Father wounds and further love my Father. So uh, now I have two fathers, and that's great. But God wants to father you. And that, that, that's important for you to know because of the, spirit, uh, the the seven spirits of God are, are ways and attributes of God. They're attributes of the Holy Spirit, but they're also ways that He fathers us. Because there are they're, they're ways that, that God fathered Jesus. And whenever you look through the Gospels, you'll see these seven spirits of God resting upon Jesus. And it starts with, we, I started this series with the Spirit of the Lord. And, and Jesus even recites this same verse that we're using. And he walks into a synagogue one day and he opens it to the book of Isaiah and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And so he, he, he later we see whenever he gets baptized by John the Baptist, he comes up and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of the Lord, descends upon him. And so you see right now in these moments this, the different attributes being functioned, lived out of Jesus' life. You'll see where he's imparting wisdom, spirit of wisdom. We covered wisdom. You'll see where God, where Jesus, when he's just walking the earth, he's, he's wisely giving wisdom. He's, he's imparting wisdom into the world around him. You'll see where he's counseling people on things of the kingdom of God as he's walking throughout the earth. You'll see where he's bringing about a different understanding of what's going on around, around him, in the earth around him. Pharisees, Sadducees would would confront him, but he would give them a different understanding. The spirit of understanding. The spirit of of might. He would do mighty things before them. The spirit of reverence, the spirit of fear of the Lord, one of the seven spirits. He would get away with the Father, and what did he say? I only do what I see the Father do when I say what I hear the Father say. Reverence. meaning I. Such a reverence for the Lord, for the Father, I don't want to get outside of his covering. I don't want to stray away and do my own thing. I'm not afraid of him. I have a reverence, an honor, a humility for the presence of God. And so I want to stay with him. That's where the favor is, the blessing. That's where the more, the abundance that Jesus Christ went to the cross for us to have comes from. And so you see these seven spirits of God being attributed, these attributes being fleshed out in the life of Jesus while on earth. And so I'm going to break down a little bit today the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of knowledge. And Jesus did this. He would go through about, uh, about uh, the areas that he would walk, and he would give a kingdom knowledge about things That the people around them, the Sadducees even, the Pharisees couldn't even understand because of their religious mindset. The Romans couldn't understand. They were very intellectual. But Jesus had a different knowledge, a different framework that he was trying to to impart into the world around him. Isaiah 11, 1, 2 says, there shall... Come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear and of the fear of the Lord. And today I want to tell you about what this looks like, how to develop this spirit of knowledge, how to, how to lean into the spirit of knowledge, how to, how to allow this attribute to become more prevalent in your own life, And then how to carry out this knowledge. It's a different knowledge than what you're used to. Hosea 4.6, God speaking through the prophet Hosea, says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. I don't think it's a lack of education. I don't think it's a lack of of information. There's more information (laughs) than you could possibly imagine, that you could possibly want, but yet it's... The knowledge, it's the type, it's what is the content, what is the source, I dare to say. So the question is, number one, what knowledge? This is not referring to the world's education system, training systems, uh, or the world's version of knowledge. It's not the big three that most of humanity is pursuing, uh, power, wealth, knowledge. In humanity, we're struck with these things, and we have this innate pursuit because there's this innate desire for an adventure, things that are greater than us, we, we automatically think because of the world we live in that it, it must be about these three, knowledge, power, and wealth. And so something inside, and we're trained, and the world around us, and everything that's, that, that's, that's shown us, and, 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 and that we're, we're brought up in and around are, are driving us to pursue these things so that we can have value. A lot of times, that's where we find our success, or our sense of success. These aren't bad things. They're just incomplete and inadequate of revealing God's best in any situation. God's not, God's not concerned about, not, not, not opposing you having these things. In fact, God blesses us with these things as long as he is in the, in the right position. These things are what most people measure their success by, what car they have in the driveway, what roof they have over their head, what degrees they have obtained, the location of their office, how many people answer to them. But while God is not opposed to us obtaining these things, he declares they are nothing in comparison to knowing Christ. There's nothing new. It's the same in our day as it was. It has been for thousands of years. Jeremiah, pre-Christ, 9:23 and 24, the Lord, speaking through the prophet Jeremiah, says this, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, or boast in his wisdom, interchangeable word, glory, boast. And let, a, let not a mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glory glory in this, that he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. So the first thing to understanding what knowledge, that's the question that we're answering, is we just need to know Jesus. First, you need the the, the, know, the knowledge, the knowing of Jesus. And I don't mean just knowing of Jesus. I mean knowing Jesus. an intimate knowing Jesus. And Jesus intimately knowing you a two-way relationship of intimacy. Romans 12, 2 says this, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is, uh, what it is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We can clearly see in media today that we're we're trying to be forced uh, to a to, uh, great emphasis on shaping how we're supposed to think and what we're supposed to think. It, there's this, peripheral uh, impression that's shaping thoughts there's algorithms in social media that brings (laughs) brings things constantly into your your social media platform to shape a direction for you but scripture tells us that we need to have the knowledge that comes with a transformed mind A transformed mind. Yes, I was born into this world, and I'm shaped, I have shaped according to this culture. I can't deny that. But I have to have the knowledge that comes from a, from a transformed mind. Transformed from the awareness. Transformed from the, uh, the impartations. Transformed from the status quo. Transformed from what culture has forced, has impressed upon me. It's got to be transformed. That knowledge. Colossians 1, 9 and 12 says this, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, did not, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Well, until we know God, until we know Jesus, until we have a transformed mind, we can't have the ability to know God's will. So this is the knowledge we're building on. Y'all with me? Good. Filled with the knowledge of his will and in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Paul's prayer here. It outlines the way in which believers can experience true spiritual growth. He starts it with this. Spiritual growth begins with a a knowledge of objective truth revealed in Scripture, what God has willed. This is is what God wants you to know, what his will is. We discover his will through his word. We We start to discover this general will begin to understand more about God. But we treat that truth with wisdom and insight. And all of a sudden, we have his will, and then God begins to give us wisdom and insight in his word. But we treat this truth with wisdom and insight, seeking to understand its practical implications in our our daily life. So now, I'm walking in my daily life, and I've been spending time in his word, understanding his general will, and now whenever a situation of life comes at hand, I'm reminded by this spirit of truth, the spirit of knowledge. It's like, hey, that, I, I read something about this recently. And then all of a sudden God uses that and gives you knowledge on how to impart this, that situ, that information into this situation. So I'm taking the knowledge that I've spent time from spending time with God Learning his will for this situation, the spirit of knowledge, imparts wisdom and insight. Now I live it out, and then I do the next part of the verse. When we apply this truth, we're worthy, we're living a life worthy of the Lord. And as a byproduct, all I'm doing is taking the information, and I'm allowing the spirit of knowledge to, to give me wisdom and insight, and then I just live out the general will of God into this situation, and now I'm living a worthy, a life worthy of the Lord, took religion all out of it, took works all out of it. All I did was just obedient, was obedient to the word of God, and I allowed the Lord to bring insight and wisdom, and then He did the work through me. As we do, live a life worthy, we bear fruit. This is the next part. Bear fruit in every good work. And we come to know him in a personal, intimate way, not just intellectually, but experientially as well. So now, I moved from knowing head knowledge to actually experiencing his work right before me because I spent time understanding that having the knowledge of his will, the spirit of knowledge gave me wisdom and insight. I chose I chose to apply that in my daily situation, living a life worthy of the Lord, and then because of that, he's bearing fruit, he's producing fruit, and I'm bearing the fruit in my life. He blesses that. There is no end to this wonderful process that he offers us so much. We can keep on studying his word Uh, keep on uh, keep on letting God's word shape our choices and our character and as we do we'll not only find our lives are fruitful but we also find that we grow closer to the Lord so now we're becoming more intimate with the Lord this is the knowing this is the knowledge that's one so number three of that part the knowledge that what he wants you to know is the knowledge of God's will know God we need to know God, we need to know that, the, know, know the, have the knowledge that comes from a transformed mind, then we can know God's will. Then we'll be able to understand God's will. Number two is this, how to develop true knowledge, though? How do we develop this knowledge? We have the spirit of knowledge working for us, but how do we, how do we, how do we partner with the spirit of knowledge to develop this further so that this can bear fruit in our lives all the time? Proverbs 1, 7 says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's just a reverence. Jesus did what he saw the Father do, heard what the Father say. He had a reverence for the Lord. He he learned this acute awareness of the presence of the Father in his life as he moved about. He learned that through relationship, through intimacy, through knowing, through being with God. but fools despise wisdom, dare I say, and God's instruction. So the moment I think that I'm right instead of God's word, I begin fo- become foolish. And when I'm foolish, I can't have reverence of the Lord, therefore I struggle with the spirit of knowledge that's trying to impart truth into me, that is trying to bless me, my family, my life, my situation, my circumstance, etc., etc., etc. So first I have to decide, I have to stop arguing with the Word, and I have to come into alignment in reverence of the Word. John 15, 1 and 5, the disciple John gives us an understanding of how to develop true knowledge once we have a reverence for the Lord. I am the true true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Great news. It was doing so good. Great. I'm cutting it. It was my favorite. Great. I'm cutting it. I was really depending upon that. Great. I'm cutting it. Sometimes we get so upset. Let me tell you this the first part of of knowing how to develop true knowledge, you must accept God's pruning. He's gonna do it. You're right. You're probably thinking, well, he's gonna do it. He's gonna do it, Pastor Nathan. You're right. But we don't always accept it. Sometimes we grumble. Sometimes we're upset. How could God do that? How could a loving God take that away? That was so good for me. That was I was dependent upon that. That was taking care of me. That was my security. And that's the problem. So he starts to prune things that we begin to lean towards dependency from rather than depending upon him because we become more dependent, we work more focused on the blessing than we are the blesser. And he's saying, no, I need to prune it so I can get your heart back, so I can get your character right, so that I can further provide more fruit through that. Because that actually, the thing that you thought was keeping you sustained and taken care of, it was actually hindering the future, the growth, the projected trajectory in which I had for your life. So I have to remove it so I could get more of me in you so that I could bless you into the future. So i got to accept it, because if I don't accept it, then I'm going to stay around grumbling and grumbling and grumbling about the pruning that God did over the fruitful area of my life, but because I don't understand, he's trying to produce even more fruit. Three, you are, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So you must abide or dwell in Christ. If we're going to develop this knowledge. I've got to accept his pruning and I've got to abide in him. Verse 5, I am, the tr- I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing no thing of eternal value. You can do a lot of things, but in the end it's no thing it has no eternal value. The motive, the agenda, the perspective, the heart, yeah, it takes care of you here on earth, but for what in the end? Or, or, we can switch our perspective on those things and God can begin to utilize those things to further eternity. to further his kingdom, to bring eternal things, to eternal matters into, into life right now. Are the things that we are doing incrementally designed to add eternal value to the world around us? Sometimes we have to pause and say, wait a minute, did I start doing this? Or is the reason I'm doing this to bring value to eternity? And if not, God, should I do this or how can I bring eternal value through this? It's the motive behind it. John 1:13 1, 1, says this, in the beginning was the word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning, He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, when without him, nothing was made that was made. Next thing is, we must accept. And believe the absolute truth that Jesus is the word. He yeah. is the word. And that all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. When I start to meditate on that and God can light that up in my heart, then all of a sudden I start to see things from a different value point. And if it was made through him, then he must have an answer and a solution. He must have a purpose. He must have some information that I need to gather from him about that thing. Because that's true, I have a responsibility to learn God's word and get to know him on a more personal and intimate level. When I accept that invitation, I get to know him more through his character and through his nature. You get to know people through watching them, through their character. You're watching their character. You're watching their nature. You're watching how they handle situations with other people, how they handled situations with you. Your internal psyche is sitting there taking it in, and your emotions are processing that through your previous experiences. And you're learning how, how to relate to individuals or others through this their na- because of their nature and their character. You're learning to see if you can trust them to how you can receive from them or do life with them or not. And the more you get into God's word and spend time with him, the more you start to understand his character, his nature, and you start to realize his consistencies and how he wants to relate to you. And all of a sudden, he's creating a framework of how he can connect with you and do life with you and father you. So as I'm discovering his character and nature, it sets a framework of how he wants to relate to me. The more I trust, trust how he wants to relate to me according to what he says, the more I get to experience his presence. I can experience his presence because I'm open to trusting his character and nature. You ever notice you can experience people's presence even though you're in their presence because you're open to them because of your trusting of their character and nature. And now the more I get to know his word and, and what he teaches to his disciples, the more I understand, I know that he wants to, what he wants to do in and through my life. His agenda hadn't changed but there's a very specific plan for my life. He has very specific plans for each disciple. Much of the journey was very similar, but there were specific pieces of it that were very different. And they learned that through intimacy. And I get to learn that through intimacy and through time spent with the Father. And now I gain knowledge from him about his will for my life. I'm in his presence. I'm hearing from him. I'm trusting his character and nature. I'm learning from it. I see what he did with the disciples and how he led the disciples and how he taught the disciples. And as I'm seeing that, I'm seeing how he's leading me and wants to father me and lead me. And now I gain knowledge from him about his will for my life, what he wants me to do, what he's called me to do. And when I'm willing to fulfill his will for my life, when I'm willing to fulfill his will for my life, he will speak more clearly to me about the details so I'll be more informed by this spirit of knowledge. When I'm willing to do his will for my life, I'm willing to lay down the things that get in the way, ego, pride, arrogance, doubt, shame, guilt, all these things, power, wealth, knowledge that we pursue in a counterfeit adventure. But when I'm willing to lay those down on the altar of sacrifice, then God can pick up and say, now you're ready to carry out my will for your life. Now I can give you the information. Why would someone give you the information for something you're never going to use? What do you need knowledge for something from the spirit of knowledge if you're not going to utilize that knowledge for what it's useful for? This is considered... Gnosis or gnosko in the Greek word the Greek uh, uh, word for knowledge, but it's not a knowledge, it's a knowledge. It's an intimate knowing you. It's, it's intimacy with you because I've spent time with you and I know your inner workings. And even if you didn't say a word, I know what you're about to do and I know what you're thinking because of your body language and your gestures. And I know where you're about to go with something because I've spent time with you. I can feel it when your stomach starts to swell, you might pass gas, right? (laughs) It's a knowing. You gotta be intimate with somebody. That's the intimacy that we're talking about when it comes to, that's the knowing with God. Number three is this, how to carry this spirit of knowledge. Let me tell you how to carry this spirit of knowledge. Biblically, knowledge refers to experiential, relational, and revelatory knowledge. Experiential because there are times when God invites you into a moment, a direction, or experience that requires an action on your part. Hey, there's a little nudging. Hey, have you thought about this? Hey, why don't you do that? Hey, why don't you go here? Hey, boom, here's a little poof. Idea. And if we don't know the character and nature of God, and we haven't leaned into his general will and how he functions with his disciples, his children, his sons, his daughters, then we'll miss the poof that changes the world, that changes our life, that gives us purpose and agenda. Poof. And it's an invitation. And then sometimes we, we, hear, we see it, we catch it, and like, oh, yeah, I want to do it, and we we have this little fear and trembling, this kind of excitement, and this little, oh my gosh, is that from the Lord? Am I missing that? Is it me? Is it my pizza? Is it what is this? But then we take that invitation and we do it, and all of a sudden, God gives us a certain confidence to fulfill that. And it's like, man, I don't I don't know what it is that you feel confident about this. And then it works out, and God does something in you and through you, and you see the benefits from it, and now you're building history with God. And then He does it again in something very similar. It's a little bit bigger. He does it again. And then maybe it's a little smaller just to see your humility level, to see if it's big enough for you. And then one day he gives you something so big, it terrifies you. But you feel that same sense of confidence because you felt it all these little times before and it feels just like that. And he's been training you in the training ground of spiritual journey to go after that thing because you've been willing to know him and get to him to get to know you so that he can impart relationally, experientially inside of you so that you can understand his will, have a knowledge of his will. Because you've decided to dwell within him and abide in him You've renewed your mind from the chaos, and you're able to see things that people just can't see. Because there's an inner knower in your knower, and it's reading red hot right now. And God's learning, you're learning that God's leading you through that into this thing. You've learned the knowledge, the intimate gnosco experientially with Lord with the Lord relationally, relational because as we spend time in the word, prayer, and worship, the Holy Spirit gives us information that God the Father wants to, wants to relationally deliver to us. Example, Acts 4.13, now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. Man, we have so many people because of, because of the stigma of knowledge and intellect that i just can't move because i'm not trained enough and i'm not educated enough. Well, neither were these men. You got to unlearn some junk. You got to unlearn some junk to serve the Lord. Amen. They marveled and they realized that they had simply been with Jesus. Jesus sent out those, these unlearned men to minister, minister to learned men. He sent out the disciples to the religious people. He's like, hey, I'm sending these untrained, uneducated folks to you, trained men. I'm sending people these, that with a spirit of knowledge to you who think you have knowledge. Revelatory knowledge. Is more than facts about God. It is not the knowledge of God that God has miraculously ignited in us by his spirit and imparted to our spirits. It's revelatory. All of a sudden, the things start to just, boom, it made sense when it shouldn't have made sense, but it made sense. Let me give you an example in scripture Matthew 16, 15, 17. 15 says, he, Jesus, Jesus, he said to them, By who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Jesus answered and said to him, "Blessed are you, Simon Bar for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father, who is in heaven." In other words, Jesus was saying, "Peter, you didn't come, you didn't learn this through your natural senses. You had this imparted into your spirit by the Spirit of God." And sometimes God gives you things and you hold back, but he's imparting, he's imparting spiritual things into you, revelatory things into you to utilize into your situation of life. And you get to see the favor of it, the fruit of it, if you'll apply it, so don't pull away. Amen. And it's a training ground for more revelation in a situation. More revelation of who God is, more revelation of who you are in God, more revelation of how God functions, more revelation of how his gifts work, more revelation of how his love works, more revelation of what his joy can do in the situation. And the issues of our lives come from a lack of revelatory knowledge. We don't have a learning problem, we've got a knowledge, a spiritual revelatory knowledge problem. Most of us believers, especially in the Western culture, believe God's word with our brains, which is actually just stored information. Hey, I got a storage unit on my shoulders. It's full of junk, full of information. I don't use it. Anybody got that storage unit somewhere that you got a bunch of stuff you've been paying for? And you paid for all that head knowledge. I just need one more degree. Well, I need one more class. If I can just do one more online class, well, I think I'll have it. If I could just do one more class at Thrive, if they'll do one more, if I can just, just one more and I'll be ready, I'll finally be ready. No, you're ready. But most of us haven't dwelt on the word long enough for the spirit of knowledge to light it up in our hearts. Psalms one nineteen one oh five 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path here's how that looks it doesn't look like a literal lamp it's on your feet okay here we go no here's what a lamp to my feet and a light to my path looks like God's given me so much vision I know here's what we're supposed to do I know we're supposed to go that way and then God one day shows up and he says hey it's time can we talk about this area of your life okay i mean i guess i was wanting to talk about that vision that stuff that i wanted to do like we're gonna we're gonna do some stuff don't we god we don't have time for that can we talk about that sure let's, do, let's talk about that okay oh thank you god thank you god you're right so good god week month maybe a year later i was so frustrated i don't know what's going on joey i I mean, God's given me so much vision. I know this is supposed to be happening. I'm like, I don't know why it hadn't happened yet. It should have happened. It's probably, you know, other real fault. Hey, hey, bud, can we talk about this? God shows up. Nope. Week. Month. God shows up again. Situations. All of a sudden, thoughts, you're, you're even thinking about this same thing over and over, and you're, you keep pushing it back, pushing it back, pushing it back. That's God saying, Can we talk about that? Nope, I'm good. That's not, surely that's not him because I've been doing fine. God's been blessing me to this point, and I've been doing all that. It's fine. It's, it's never not a big deal. Week later, month later, can we talk about this? Okay. Because it's through this area that he's lighting up. That as it's confronted and dealt with, it sends you on the trajectory, the path of the fulfillment, of the blessing, of the vision, of the purpose that God has given you. It's not a straight point A to point B. Because God is inviting you into a discovery of more revelation of him. And the more you open up access to some of those dark spaces, you start to realize, wait a minute. I wasn't seeing clearly. My vision was blurred. It was foggy. I had a misconception of what it was supposed to look like, and I... It's a good thing I didn't just start running after it on my own. And God is strengthening your faith in Him and in a new area of your life. Wow. I wish you were, I wish you would have told me that a long time ago. Spirit of knowledge was trying, kept mentioning it, but you just kept no. Talk about that no talk about that no talk about that no what is it that the Lord is hey let's talk about that it's the lamp for your heart to light up the path for your journey and until you can talk about that with him He can't take you into the places that he has for you. He can't help you in the overcoming. He can't take you to a place of abundance and blessing where your character can't sustain you because you're not willing to lean in to entrust him in this place right here. Because he loves you. Because he wants you to get there. He's not keeping you from it. He's protecting you from you. From your character from the very thing that would destroy you if he gave it to you too early what a good father when you have revelation knowledge in your spirit, man, you will act upon and complete the very task at hand because when he knows you're willing to say, yes, we can do that. Yes, I will take that. Yes, I see, I see it. I can understand. And I don't fully got it, but I know on the way you're going to show me, Lord, when that, that happens, now he can do some things with you and through you. He can take you into a land. He can take you on the journey. He can take you into new places. The spirit of knowledge can guide you. These seven spirits of God can inform you. They can keep you. They can structure you. They can give you wisdom and understanding. And knowledge. They can give you things mighty, you can do mighty things. Revelation Information in your spirit, man, will propel you to a greater degree of understanding and wisdom in God. And the spirit of knowledge instills a deep internal knowing in your spirit, man. I don't know, but I know my interactions with the Lord. And when the Lord speaks, it feels like that and it sounds like that. And I'm not, it doesn't sound abstract to what God would say. So I'm going for it. And I think he will help me figure it out along the way. This is the spirit-led life for spirit-filled people. Not that I have it figured out in all knowledge and I have have complete mental understanding. No, the spirit of understanding and the spirit of counsel and the spirit of might and the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of knowledge gives it to you on the way. And when you get bad news and your experiential knowledge of God at At work in your life responds to your inner man and reminds your fears and your worries and your hurts and your anxieties that God has something better in store. Oh, you got bad news. That thing got clipped. It got pruned. That didn't work out. That thing got dropped. Oh, you lost that. This didn't work out. Well, great news. The head knowledge person struggles and and flails and throws a big fit because it's not going to work out. Oh, gloom is me. But the spirit of knowledge says, I've got better for you. It was good for the season, but it was keeping you from the next. And in the process of the next to from here, how you're dealing with this is going to form the care of your character so that you can sustain the very next season that I have already pre-planned and destined for your life. And the best of you will only re- be revealed through time spent with the, knowledge, the spirit of knowledge. And the best and most effective life with God will be fleshed out when what you do is no longer based on head knowledge, but the spirit of knowledge that God uses to guide you through life's adventures. You're not gonna have it figured out, but the spirit of knowledge is not gonna leave you behind. If you stay reverent, Stay connected, abide, have a transformed mind. Yeah, people aren't going to understand you. That's okay. God knows you. He wants to help you clear all the junk out so that He can speak directly to your soul and guide you into all truth. Can I pray with you? Father, we just thank you so much. Spirit of knowledge, we just ask to impart into every one of us today the, the supernatural knowledge that we need just to move forward in any area of our lives. Lord, if people are here today and they have yet to come to know you, just know you as Christ, know you as Lord, know you as friend, Father, may they come today at the end of service and receive you as Lord and Savior. May they get to know you. If they have not been practicing this this art of just dwelling in you, Father, help them to just lean in and feel safe coming to you, running to you, and spending time with you in your word and worship and prayer. Father, if they they have a confused mind, Father, and they, they have yet to have this understanding of a transformed mind with Christ, Lord, help them today to not see things that the, wor- the way that the world is impressing upon them, but help them to see things the way that you wanna show them. The spirit of knowledge wants to show them, Lord. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you do a good work. And my last question is, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you today? Father, we thank you, we praise you, we give you all the glory. And we thank you for healing our marriages. We thank you for fixing our finances. We thank you for healing our relationships. And we thank you for dealing with the dark areas of our soul. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And